All right, the Lord is good. If you believe, give me an amen. amen. All right, quickly, let's open our Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 45. We are going to take our declaration from there this morning. As usual, we preferentially use the same version, Isaiah, chapter 45. We're just going to pick a few verses. That will be our declaration this morning. Right, let's just read from verse 20 to verse 25. All right, are we ready? This time around, remember, you are not just declaring, you are, you are kind of sending a message out. What we are doing is to fill the air with the knowledge of God. And we have an assignment to make sure it fills everywhere as the water covers the seas. You understand that? All right, one, two, let's go. Gather yourselves and come. Draw near together, you fugitives of the nations. They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idol and pray to a God who cannot save. Declare and set forth your case. Indeed, let them consult together. Who has announced this from of old? Who has long since declared it? Is it not I, the Lord, and there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior? There is none except me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back. That to me every knee will bow, every tongue will swear allegiance. They will say of me, only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. Men will come to him, and all who are angry at him will be put to shame. In the Lord all the offspring of Israel will be justified and will glory. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Thus we declare the lordship of Jesus over this nation, Amen. over this land, Amen. over his church, Amen. over our individual homes. Amen. This is what the Lord said. They will say of me, he said, I have sworn by myself, the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back. That to me every knee will bow, every tongue will swear allegiance. They will say of me, only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. Now we declare, only in the Lord is protection. Amen. Only in the Lord is righteousness. Amen. Only in the Lord is strength. Amen. Only in the Lord is health. Amen. Only in the Lord is long life. Amen. Only in the Lord is fulfillment. Amen. Only in Christ Jesus the Lord is the fulfillment of our destinies. Amen. The protection of our lives. Amen. The healing of our bodies. Amen. The destiny of our children. Amen. Only in the Lord Jesus Christ. King of kings and Lord of lords is righteousness. Only in the Lord Jesus Christ is strength. Thus we declare in the name of Jesus. In the Lord we are justified and we make our boasts. In the Lord we are justified and we glory. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If you believe that, give me an amen. Amen. Now let's take our declaration of understanding. Then we'll take our seats and begin to teach for today. If you are ready, give me an amen. Amen. If by chance you don't know it by heart, can you quickly wave your hand? Just quickly want to give you a copy of this. All right, so let's take it from the bottom of our hearts. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord and pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. 
Now again I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Remember, please pay attention. If you are looking for a miracle, this is where you find it. It's in the word of God. He sent his word and healed them. The word is the deliverer from all our destructions. What we need to just do what? Pay attention. That's all. Let's just focus on it. When they lifted up the um, serpent on that pole, he said anyone who will pay attention, who will look at it attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, will be healed. Anyone who will pay attention to this word today, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing, what's the ear thing for gaze? Hearing, whichever one. You get my point. That person will be healed. In the, seriously, the person will be healed. Yeah. I don't care whether the disorder is born, inborn, or is acquired, or is terminal. Forget any adjective they use for it. You know what they call adjective? Yeah, learn secondary school English. Adjective is used to qualify a disease. Or well, they say noun, but I know what I'm saying in this particular situation, all right? No matter the qualification, please, just pay attention. If you're in the house and you can move about, do whatever you need to do to stay awake. Put something in your ears and pay attention. The power of God to heal the sick is coming into your bodies. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, let's uh, continue. Last time we began to, <laughs> we began to preach something then. Uh, where's Reverend Felix? He now came and told me, say, this is what you want to preach. You don't preach on behalf of Barclay Kill. I said, is that so? He said, yes, no. I said, so I, I will preach the same thing. See, you can't muzzle me. I will say what I want to say. <laughs> All I will just do is change the title. I like this job. <laughs> just change the title. Say what you want to say. So, you know, I wanted to call it the uh, uh, expressions of faith. So, I've now changed it to the breath of faith. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so now the, the message title has been changed to the breath of faith. Because, true, true, he just showed it to me. Say, ah, oh boy, you did it. The preacher. You don't preach and say, tete. I say, eh, no, hala. But wait till I won't talk. I go see talk him. That's what it be now. Wait I'm the pastor, founder, <laughs> presiding bishop. <laughs> All right, the Lord is good. So, so as far as avoid confusion in our catalog, we'll just have to modify the title. Actually, I, I preached that series in a back a few years ago, about two years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, that about. So, let me just, uh, of course, it won't be the same thing, even though the same spirit, but to be a different, um, I believe, set of thoughts I'll be bringing forth. But let's not cause confusion in our catalog. So, we'll change this on to the breath of faith. And where do we get, get that from? It's just from what James said, all right? Faith without breath is what? Dead. All right, let's maybe we should just start from there again. The book of James. I have a number of things I want to say today, but. And I, okay, when we read that, it will afford me the opportunity to revise what we said last time. James chapter 2 will begin from verse um, 14. What use is it? I'll be a bit quicker because we took time out to read it slowly last time. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed, and be filled, 
and yet do not give him what is necessary for their body. What use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith. James was now challenging the person. Show me your faith without the works. That is, it's not possible, he was saying. And I will show you my faith by my works. That is, the way by which you show your faith is by your works. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Anybody who has faith, who claims to have faith but doesn't have works, that individual is foolish. That's what James said in verse 20. Then he went ahead to explain to us that Abraham, our father, was justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar. You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. Or can I use the expression, the word in the Bible, um, when you use the word perfected, it would be that faith was demonstrated to be complete or to be genuine. Literally, that place says faith was completed. That is, faith that does not produce works is incomplete. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God. And it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. The same thing, verse 24. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Please notice this. Don't misunderstand what James was saying. He was not saying a man was justified by, justified by works alone. He was saying a man is justified by works, walking with his faith. So the idea is that it's not faith alone. It is faith with works. He said in the same way was not Rahab, the harlot. That's verse 25 now. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received these messengers and sent them out by another way? Now, just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Just as the body without the breath is dead. New Living Transition says, faith is dead without good works. Now, let me just remind us of what I said last time just for a few minutes. One, James was not saying you are justified by works at all. Last time I explained that there are three kinds of works, all right, in this context. One, the one that Paul used to speak against with emphasis was the works of the law. The idea is that, in fact, what he was saying exactly is that you are not justified by the law. So obeying the law did not justify you. That's number one. And I explained that there's another set of works, and those are the Works, or, or let me say laws now. There's another set, and that's laws made out of the traditions of man. That is when men make traditions, and then will not turn the traditions to law. That's another kind of works. We're also not justified by that. For example, I said that in last time, let me repeat it. Everybody must have a tradition. You can't help it, that's how life is. You live by traditions. That is, the example I gave last time is that another Saturday, we are here in the evening by 5 p.m. It has become for us a tradition. In my family, we have traditions. Everybody will have traditions. That's just the way it works. However, you must never make it into the basis of justification. For example, the church may say to you, every January we fast for 30 days. It's good. It's tradition. All right? But if you say if you are not fasting for 30 days, you will not be blessed, that's a law. I hope you're getting my point. Traditions help you to do things you are convinced about. Traditions help you to put order into your life. This is how we live in this family. There's nothing wrong with having a tradition. Okay? It's not as if, you know, sometimes when people misunderstand 
the gospel of grace. They think grace is lawlessness. That you just get up in the morning and do anything you like. You move by the spirit. You, I mean, you don't have a tradition of waking up at this particular time of the day. It depends on when the spirit says you wake up. And you work for somebody. So you get to the office by 9.15. The boss says, why were you not here by 8 o'clock? My spirit. Spirit don't suffer. <laughs> Holy Spirit has suffered in our hands. A lot of times Christians just use that as a cover for personal responsibility. I've seen it many times. That's all. Use the spirit as a cover up for personal responsibility. That's not what God ordained it to be. So nothing wrong with having traditions. That's what I'm going to make. You must have. However, it must never become what? Laws. What, when, when, when do you know it has become a law? When you want to apply it to everybody, under every circumstance, under every situation, and you don't waver at all. It has now become what? A law. And that's why you know, when our Nigerian churches began to spread abroad, literally abroad, they began to have conflicts. When they were in Nigeria, they would say, you can't wear trousers. They go to cold countries where trouser is survivor. It's not fashion. It's if you want to live long, wrap yourself. Then some people now went abroad and found out that the law for our churches in Nigeria were different from the laws that they use abroad. They would now say, ha, what are you will say? That was when we now realize that those were not the laws of God, but they were the traditions of men which we made into laws. Some of our old men, they had to repent. Some were too stubborn. They just, some, some would just keep quiet. I they didn't notice. Some people would go abroad and say, bros, I was in your church in London. I saw the way the people there dressed. In Nigeria, you say it is unbelievers that dress like that. What are you saying? I'm not going to sit on it now. That is what happens with the law. The law causes conflicts. I gave an example last time. I was extensive with the analysis. This issue of tithing. Again, please, I need to say it again. So people don't, partly, I'm saying this partly for selfish reasons now. Because sometimes I'm misquoted. People misunderstand me. Alright? Let me say what I said, which I've said in different times. I said it again last time. Let me say it again concerning tithing. People say that tithing was before the law. I said yes, but the way we practice it now only started under the law. Did you hear what I said? It was never a commandment. It was never an instruction before the law. The first time anybody was commanded to take 10% compulsorily to any place, first of all, was under the law. So if you are making it compulsory, you are doing law. When they did it the first time, it was free will. It was spontaneous. It was based on certain traditions, which you can't go into talking about now. All right? And it was based on a number of factors. One, the primary thing was honor. It was honor. Then God now gave a law. First time it was ever a law was to Moses. And he says, and the way he did it actually, again, is a bit out of our scope. We can't go into the details. But he made it a law. And he says, so as to teach. That was the purpose. The fear of God. He was teaching them fear of God in what way? How God cares for the needy. He was teaching them the fear of God in what way? How God cares for his ministers. In fact, Paul said things like, you hear things that thou shall not muzzle the ox that is stretching out the wood. You know Israel had a commandment that if you are walking on the farm, the animals must not have their mouth gagged. They must not be muzzled. 
You must arrange whatever you are using in such a manner that the animal can chew while it walks. So if an animal is on your farm, alright, you can't stop it from eating corn. Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that is threshing out the wheat. Now, it was just what threshing, the way you are processing your grain, okay? But there's a principle behind it. And Paul now said he was not talking actually primarily about animals. He was explaining that the laborer is worthy of his wages. So, right now, you may not have animals again. Most of us don't use animals for anything apart from bingo. No, who's bingo? People don't know bingo. A lot of children, don't, children, children, they don't know bingo. Bingo is the official name. Where did that bingo name start from? When we were young, there was bingo in the, there was somebody's dog that was bingo in one of these our books. I think that was the only animal who really maybe guard the house and stuff, but every other thing now is done by machines. In the farm, you have, you know, tractors and all of that, okay? But the principle hasn't gone away because you now use tractors. Paul actually took it and explained trying to defend the fact that you shouldn't ever open your mouth and tell preachers to go and find work, that what they are doing is work, and they should earn enough from it to be comfortable. Again, we're not talking about that in details. Okay? Now, so, that was what he'd used that tithing thing to teach them. Now, we, in New Testament, is a walk in the Spirit. That is, every law has a spirit. If you walk by the Spirit of the law, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Learn the spirit of every law. And don't be legalistic in your adherence to those things. So, you learn to modify. Because God is now expecting you to come up to maturity. Do you know, I don't know how much of my income I used to take care of my children. Have you ever calculated it? Apostle, how much is this baby sucking? How much is he eating from... Do you check those things? You should that nobody should be hungry. That's all you care about. But when it's time to give to God, we want to calculate that is wrong. Let us say the way it is. It is. Have you? Apostle, should we tell you lies? No, sir. We should say the way it is. It is wrong to calculate for God. Be responsible. I'm going back to that message of last time. Just be responsible. That's all. You are in a family. Have you ever calculated how much of your salary you give to your father or your mother? I mean, you are a grown man. Do you calculate it? The proportion? Look, let us say that you are giving them 10% or 20%. They want the details. Your father was rushed to the hospital. He said, no. I have given Koban. I have given rest to God. I have given you a portion. You don't do that. You rally, you rally around. Please, so, guys, I have to go home. I heard that my father has been ad- I, I, I admitted. Let me not mention it. We are streaming. There are hospitals you hear that your father was admitted. You start sweating. <laughs> You'll be like, ha. Is he so serious? Oh, you are thinking that. Why do you have to carry him to that hospital? <laughs> Admission fee, deposit, 2.5 million. But you know the truth? Yes, the money is big in those hospitals. But what's more important to you is that he gets well. You won't say that I've already sent his portion for last month. If it's your child, you don't say the same thing. You don't say I've sent it. I've said I've already, how much is your school fee? Your, your school fees and your health care it's not supposed to be more than 5%. You are one of the four children in this house. All of you have calculated 20% for you people. You don't do that. You are just what? Responsible. So I say what I've said before. I say it again. 
The New Testament tither is not the calculator of 10%. It's a responsible, diligent, cheerful giver. Uh, listen, so is tithing right? Yes. Who's the New Testament tither? The committed, diligent, cheerful giver. Who is very responsible? Who takes the work of God as a personal thing? I'll say it again. People say you can't borrow to give. I say it's all right as long as you don't borrow to do any other thing. I can't borrow to give. It's according to what a man has. Listen, that's legalism. If you are responsible, you reason differently. If my child was going to school, admission to university, pay this deposit and there's nothing. Won't you turn to a friend of yours and say, lend me three loaves? Is that not your Bible like that? <laughs> See, because this admission will elapse if he doesn't pay in the next two weeks. But I know money is coming. I will give you your money back when money comes. You won't say, no. In fact, I walked in a place once. <laughs> Sorry, I laugh once in a while. Foolishness is bad, though. We should try and be wise. When Solomon was trying to try, test all kinds of things, you know, he tested foolishness. And that was the shortest experiment. He said, I realized that foolishness is madness. That, no, 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 I know they do, I know they do. I beg, let me try Ogogoro. That one is better. Yeah, he drank alcohol for a while. But foolishness, he tried it for one day. He said, no, how can a man be foolish? As I'm laughing, I walked somewhere once. Money was tight. We were being old salaries. And I went and I called our accountant. I said, sir, I told him how much the other people, our auxiliary nurses, our gateman, driver, people like that, how much they were earning. And literally, you know, when they talk about inequality, it really was really bad because each one of them earned 10% of what I earned. The salary was small. Really, really small. Did I say 10%? No. About 7%. And I was not highly paid. I mean, I was immediate post-NYC doctor. How much was I any? It was small money. But their own salaries were so bad. I couldn't, the day I heard it, I couldn't sleep that night. Ah, one young woman on night duty, because I used to do night shifts and then some weekends. When you told me how much their salary was, like, that's not possible. How can you be coming from home to end this on a daily basis? She said, that's what I mean. I confirmed that I can't say it's true. Ah, how is that possible? On top of that, they will be owed two months salary. So that day I called the accountant. I said, look, let's do something. We have banks who are our clients. That is, their staff, they come to our hospital here. I said, please, why don't you approach one of them? Tell them to give you some money. Pay up all these people now. I said, me, don't worry. Leave me. Leave your dad doctor out. You, they will leave you out. What another manager? The, the matron. I said, all those people that end a bit heavy, leave them out. I said, all these people that earn small, small money, please. You can't be owing them. He said, ah, what you have said is very good. I think we should do that. He walked into my MD's office. Look at this suggestion this guy just gave you. I think it's a beautiful idea. I mean, how much interest would the bank charge if we owe them for only like a month or two? It's not a big deal. But at least we'll make our workers happy. You know what the man said? I will never borrow. I am the head and I will never borrow. He said, no, I will not borrow. That we will never borrow. And I knew where he got it from. Bishop Oedipo. He forgot that Bishop Oedipo was not owing anybody. And I told the, the accountant when he told me later, 
I said, you don't get it. You already, you have borrowed. I'm just telling you to shift who you are owing. Let the person you are owing be type that won't die from it. I said, as for borrowing, you have borrowed. The laborer is worthy of his wages. He's going to sleep at night and mentioning your name while he hasn't eaten. And you're telling me you will never borrow. You have already borrowed. Anyway, that's the problem with legalism. People say, no, in this church we don't borrow. Meanwhile, you ate the food, you didn't eat it, you didn't pay. Just because you didn't tell please lend me food, you say you didn't borrow. That's why I was laughing. We do a lot of foolish things. So sometimes in the same vein, somebody will tell you that, listen, I don't borrow to give. It's acceptable according to what a man has. Let me say it again. That is how we practice idolatry. That's idolatry. I know what I'm saying. You say, Pastor Michael, how is the idolatry? Let me explain. See, what is idolatry? Okay, yes, I won't withdraw idolatry. I'll call it idolatry and add another word, legalism. Both of them go together. What do, what do I mean by idolatry? We are worshipping a principle, not a God. We're not worshipping our Father God. What do I mean? That listen, we say, listen, I, once I've given, ten, I, I need to give 10% so that God will bless me. So I rigidly give that 10%. Then I don't stress myself beyond that. That is both idolatry and legalism. True givers are not trying to fulfill a law. They love. It's about love. It's about love. And I'll give you a few examples. Some of them I was involved. In fact, all of them I was involved. So, but I, you know the degree of involvement. I don't want to be talking about myself. I, I just have two things in mind now. One, somebody, no, three times now, three stories I'm going to give. One, a brother was in need. Another of my friends said, let's solve his problem. It was a big problem for him, but for us it wasn't big. I don't know whether I get my point. No, assuming now that, let me just use a figure. Assuming somebody has a need and it's 200,000 naira. But for him, he has to, all his earnings for five months will be used to solve it. All right? So a friend of mine and I, we spoke. He said, oh boy, this guy is in distress for this sum. Okay. So he said, do you have the money? Now, this is where I'm going. He said, bank, if you have the money, pay it. I will pay you off. He said, right now, I don't have that amount of money. He said, but I'm willing. He said, but right now, I just don't have the money. If you have, pay. I will pay you back bit by bit. So then I said, I also didn't have the money. So but we both agreed that, okay, let's see. Can you come up with half? I'll come up with half. He said, fine. So he kept the, the need off for a month. There was a way he did it. Spent some money, suspended the, the, the need to pay. All right? Then the following month, we both raised money, put it together, and solved the problem. I didn't calculate how much I, in fact, is the story he told me that, is the, is the option he gave me that I'm talking about. He said, if you have it, please pay. Then I will pay you back gradually. I went somewhere once, a ministry. They had a particular need, and I happened to know the person in charge. I told him straight, that's the next example. Told him straight, I'll just give those two, then continue teaching. I told him simply, Kai, I would love to help you guys with this. I said, can you borrow money? Because I they had borrowed money from a bank before, today something. I said, okay, do you mind approaching them again? This time around, I guarantee on that God, I will be the one to repay the loan. I said, if I had the money, I will give you. But right now, I don't have. But if somebody else will spend that money for that particular uh, work, then take it as money I am owing. It will take me a while, but I'll settle the debt. If I said I'll pay it in four installments, there's some purchases they need there to make. I said, listen, or if you can get somebody to supply, 
Just take it that I will pay you, but I just don't have the money. It's going to take me four installments. I will break it down into four and I will pay. There's nothing, because I wasn't thinking of all the proportion of my income. What, this thing just has to be done. I mean, I don't know how many of us here have bought cars and we just bought it from dividend payment. You understand what I mean by dividends? They just sit down for your house. They just say a lot. Bam. 7.8 million. Say, so, do we need this money for you? All right, just carry and go, go market. How much will that motor? Seven. Give me. And they never, you never saved. You never borrow. You never pay small, small. This is my car. I'm still driving till today. When I bought it, I paid for 12 months. People were looking at it. Ah, Pastor has, for one guy said that, this small ministry. Look at the amount of. The guy was a total idiot because he didn't know what was going on. Really? I'm sorry. I paid for that car for 12 months. Uh, one of our brothers helped me with the deal. When, in fact, what happened that day was that he was following me behind. Every time we hit the brake, my car would go off. Every time I hit the brake, my car would go off. So he came and said, oh God, what's going on? I said, bros. That's why I see him. I said, I need to buy another car. But yes, I don't have money now. He said, oh, we can help you buy another one. I said, eh. He said, the only problem is I will buy brand new cars alone. Ha. Now, it's not as if I, I'm not allergic to brand new cars for information. <laughs> if you think I'm allergic to brand new cars, go and buy one. <laughs> then if I start sneezing when I enter, you know I'm allergic. Just bring it first. <laughs> one day I was in an office. Down this road, somewhere, one of our brothers is this. We're just with one woman, one of the people walking there. No, we're not just with her, we're talking, but she was hearing. We said, no, I can't buy a brand new car. No, I can't buy a brand new car. No, 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 no brand new. So, she, and she was driving a brand new car. She now said, please, oh, what's wrong with a brand new car? We said, it's money. <laughs> she said, oh, is that it? I said, yes. Uh, what did you think it was the problem? I said, it's money now. No, her husband bought her a brand new car. That's what she was driving. So she was wondering, am I going to disappear one day for being inside? I said, no, madam, madam, there is nothing wrong with your car. We just can't afford it. <laughs> so that day, the brother said that the only problem is that we only buy brand new cars. I said, eh. Let's make a long story short. It's okay, when I get back to work, I will have my people call you. So anyway, we, I, had, I saw the price. We went to check the car. It was affordable. We said, we just need to pay us this percentage, this interest rate on an annual basis. Is their company cooperative? I said, are you serious? <sighs> Bros. Now, so they, one day I just called, where's Tor Reverend? Tor Reverend, go to Portacot, go and collect a brand new car, come. I said, please remove the wrap when you're coming, no? He said, no. He drove it down to Enugu like that. Say, remove it by yourself. Because unwrapping the car is not a common thing. Now, the point I'm making is that, of course, I had to start paying them Every month for the next 12 or 13 months. Every month. Unfailing. Because it takes his integrity. I don't work there. So he used his name to, but if I didn't pay, they would take from his salary. So I had to month, so what I'm trying to say is that, if anybody says that I can't borrow to give, he's talking nonsense. Because I was borrowing. Was I not borrowing? Oh, the people I'm paying, I was paying, they paid the car company completely. Don't think that, no, they didn't have any deal with the car company. The car company supplied them the car. They paid them 100%. I had to just start paying them at a small interest rate. 
and somebody will not tell me that I cannot borrow to give. You are talking nonsense. You are talking nonsense. Absolute rubbish. It's whether your heart is there or it is not there. Because we all borrow to solve problems. We do. But many of us don't consider giving as an issue. So we hide behind. Have you ever met people that they are very smart? I was you know what they used to do. I've met many of them. Those I don't have such friends anymore. If you are like that, you are not my friend. Even if I'm smiling with you, just know you are my enemy. I'm just pretending. I'm being hypocritical with you. So I know what they do. Their salary is, let's just use an arbitrary forgot. Their salary is 70k a month. They buy gold. They are paying the gold woman 10,000. 10, they buy, oh, let's even leave gold. Gold look like there is trivia. They buy clothes. They buy this, buy everything. They, by the time the money finally arrives, 55, no, 71 is gone. They remain 4K. They will not tell you they are broke. No, when you see the individual, shine, shine, bubble. There's women that do it most, most. And you say, oh, you know, I don't have, I don't have. I do like this. When she gets her, you go look the person top to bottom. Tell you, see, you not get. How can you not have? And you are shining like this. Ah, I had friends like that from university. They never had a dime to give you. They feel like they're drowning, they don't have. And they're not lying. They budgeted themselves so tight. They have the resources, but they made sure that their own personal needs at everything. So by the time you now come, so I tell you, listen, make allowance for generosity. That's what I just tell you. Make allowance as you are paying the woman that sold gold. Also pay me that will come and visit you. I don't know whether you get my point. Yeah, have my coke in your budget. No, that's just how to live. I'm explaining all of this to explain my principle of tithing. Yeah, you get my point? Because people have come before and say, Pastor Banky does not want Christians to prosper. He said they should not tithe. You're talking nonsense. You're not quoting Pastor Banky. You're quoting Pastor Hanky somewhere, not me. <laughs> it's not me. You're not quoting me. You are lying in my name. You are lying against me. Let me tell you what I said. I'll say it again. The regular calculation of 10% to carry somewhere is not New Testament. It's a tradition of man. Nothing wrong with tradition. I can decide that in Kingdom World Ministries, you are not a co-worker with me, except you are giving a percentage on a regular basis. If you don't want to do it, go and be a co-worker with Pastor Murphy. Is that not so? If you don't like it, what's Pastor Emmanuel? Go and be a co-worker with Pastor Emmanuel. And Pastor Kemte will soon start a church somewhere down the road. Go and be a co-worker with him. Leave me alone. I know a friend who said that if you want to join him, be 30% of your income. I'm not joking. 30. And he told me he's going to 100. You were there that did not want me. He said the, the Bible teaches a hundred percent. I felt like the Bible never said you should collect it. <laughs> I agree with him on the hundred, but who is going to manage it is another story. I'm a man, I can manage the hundred percent on God's behalf. It's not as if when my children want to eat, I have to come and see you. No, Pastor, please don't give yourself certain jobs that God hasn't given you. Yeah, he said that, look, that what God said is 100. So he's training the people. So now they have moved to 30. And I was there when the 30% people came to his office. Oh, I thought I'm joking. I've seen it this life. Oh. <laughs> but let's remember, we can do anything we like, but there are traditions. When the tra- I can assure you of one thing. 
When the church began this modern practice we have, it started as a tradition. But once traditions cross one generation, two generations, people now think it's a law. They now look back in the Bible and find how to connect. And you can make the Bible say almost anything you want. What have I said so that people will hear me clearly? We walk by the Spirit. Christians, this is a practice, the law of tithing. I say practice the spirit of tithing. What is the spirit of tithing? You are a committed. There's another word I use before generous. Responsible. That's what I was looking for. Responsible and consistent. I'm adding more new words now before I add the word generous. Cheerful and generous giver. I'll give another testimony. Our personal, I won't first came to Enugu. My wife and I sat down, okay, how do we do our finances? We just got married that time. Got married end of 99, moved to Enugu towards the end of 2000. That was when, well, that's when I started earning some money. <laughs> that was enough to have change, you know? Before that time, my money never remained. It used to finish on the 15th of the month. And when I got married, my wife was still doing NYC. So it was all going to come to Enugu. She started working. So both of us didn't earn money. And if you put our money together, it was enough to actually have change. In fact, <laughs> one day I told my wife, I think I, I don't make her more. <laughs> you, you, you see how? I'll tell you. I, I, I started finding money in my pocket. You know, you take a shirt you've not worn for some days, put your hand in your pocket, you see 2,000 naira. Ah, ah. 2,000 naira. Okay? With thank God we spend it. Then one day I took it, a pair of trousers. Or a suit, jacket. And I found like 10K in the pocket. I told my wife, I said, no, 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 no. I think I'm rich now. Because before, holy makoto bayakoto. Before. I've gone through the pocket by myself. I'm not joking. I used to do it regularly. I just pick the pocket. You shake it. Put your hand in here. Some of them, you turn inside out, just in case, because. <laughs> and I go to Enugu, I will now forgetting suit, you wear the suit, you check out, tap, ha, ah, hey, 6,000, 7,000. Ha, ah, bros. Anyway, let's leave that one. <laughs> now, the point I make is, around that time, when we started, started, and I said, okay, how do we handle our finances? So we had an agreement, just to teach people a bit, I said, all right, we split everything we are ending into two. So half we use, half we give out. The other half is split into Two again, 25% is given, that is, it's not 25% of the whole, which is half of half, you understand? That 25% will give for the preaching of the ministry, for, of the word. 25% is just for general giving, you know, you want to give to a loved one, you want to give to a parent, you want to give to a friend in need, somebody's birthday, somebody's wedding. So, we agree that half of what we end, we mustn't use. That's how we began. When we first got married, I forgot, because I arrived in Enugu. Then so we used to keep accounts. You see it, giving press, we'll be writing, writing. After some time, we'll reconcile accounts, and the giving will have eaten more than its portion of 50%. So I said, okay, we'll pay back. So that we have lent the giving account money. We'll continue, we'll continue, we'll continue. After some time, we'll reconcile accounts again. The giving portion has eaten more than its portion. I said, don't worry, we'll pay back. After a while, I said, there's no need. Maybe it's just me and you. Let's zero the account because there's no way we're ever going to pay this back. We'll zero the account. We'll start again. After a while, I said, okay, I'm tired of this. Now you be the accountant for this family. You know, she started accounting, accountants in university. I said, don't do it. I know they do it again. That's how we wiped it out. We ended the practice till today. That's why I keep on telling people, if you want to be a 10%, you're not a serious person. I'm sorry. That's what I, that's what I think. It can't go anywhere. That's why I preach the way I preach. I preach like this, 
to let you understand that. And you know, people say those things because really, they think that that is needed for God to be provoked to bless. It's not true. It is not true. God doesn't use your giving as a reason to bless you. No. He uses the sacrifice of Jesus and the faith you have in it as a reason to bless. And now we're back to what we're saying. So that faith manifests in different ways. In the area of giving, quickly open to it, First Timothy chapter 6. So that was what we began to look at last time. Please, what God wants, let me just sit on it a bit. Christians, what God wants from us when it comes to money matters is responsibility. That's all. And of course, as part of that, faith is crucial. Because many people, the reason why they have inability to manage funds properly is the fear of the future. That's it. What will happen tomorrow? That's just the problem. And then we read books that teach us how to worry. We now say it's financial planning. Jesus called it worry. See, the day I discovered the meaning of worry was a personal experience. I was getting married. We were planning wedding. I had so many, you know, there are times you have many things on your head at the same time. I was writing my final projects for the West African College of Physicians. I was planning to get married. And then if to say, if I was marrying where I was living is okay. But unfortunately, most of my marriage activity was far away. I had to go to Benin. I was in Lagos. So, of course, money wasn't much. It was really little. Okay? Now, let me just give a bit of testimony there so that I want to give a, a, a background testimony. There was a time my salary was increased a bit. It wasn't much. I won't give you the figures because you are going to laugh that, Pastor, poverty was your portion. Don't worry. I won't give you the figures. <laughs> the money was small. But the way we do in a residency, you pass an exam, they call it part one day. You are promoted. You become from a registrar, you become a senior registrar. All right? Then, after a year, you are elevated to what they call senior registrar one. You used to be senior registrar two. So when I saw the increase in my income from 97 to 98, all right? So the first year they did that, they wanted to now increase again. Now, the money was, I can't tell you, it's embarrassingly small, so I will not tell you. Okay? To let you know that I'm not saying that you must just eat your money is a sign of hey, you don't worry about tomorrow. No. What I did, and I believe I did, I'll review it now, still nothing wrong with it. Okay? I just told myself, on this money you were earning before now, you were managing. Now, when I say managing, get my point. I didn't have a car. I didn't used to go out. I used to stay in my house because it was cheap. I used to tell people that if you're looking for me, get to my office, get to my apartment, or get to church. You will find me 99.5% of the times in one of these three places. Guaranteed. In fact, you remember my joke. Pastor Courage remembered those things. He came to look for me. He got to my apartment. He didn't find me. He looked at it. Today's not service day, and it's a bit late for service. He said, okay, he'll be in the office. That day, actually, where I was, I was just down the road. If he had just stood out and shouted my name, I would have heard. Just down one of my friend's apartment, just down the, the corridor. But anyway, he got here. He said, let me go to his office. He got to my office. It was night. He looked around. didn't see anybody. He saw a place, the resting chamber. He said, maybe that's where the doctors rest when they are tired. So he opened the door and entered. And if you know what they call resting chambers, let me leave it like that. <laughs> resting chambers is for those who have gone. So he opened it when he entered. He saw the guys resting. He quickly came back. <laughs> <laughs> now, but literally, that's how my life was. I told everybody, okay? So when I said that I was okay, I don't mean I was so okay, you found the finest things with me. No. 
I don't mean I was so okay, you know, you saw me living large. No, I was just, I found that I could manage my life. I didn't know God was planning for me the way he planned for Egypt. So a common sense came, thing came to me. Banky, don't just increase your expenses just because you are earning some more money. It wasn't much. If we're not streaming, I've told some of you the amount so that you will faint. But it's not what I did. So what do I do with the money? Join the cooperative. So the extra money I was being paid, I gave it to the cooperative to hold. I didn't know the Lord was planning salvation. I saved for some months like that. I was a member of the cooperative. The only reason I did that was I realized that before that increase I had, I was managing. When I say managing, I could give my younger one something. I could send something to my parents. I could, you know, be, be generous. We bought all our shirts to Kumbo. I was still doing that. All. So don't think that uh, I was, no. I still wanted to buy a shirt. I still went to back place in Mandela's. I wore only white shirts. My wife would testify. It wasn't out of, um, you know, you know, how do I say? You know, it was not a fashion statement. It was need. It was the, first, if you are buying those shirts, the pure cotton good one, we need to select them. They were all white. If you wanted it to look nice. One. And they were easy to care for and they kept looking new. I was very good with caring for them. Wash them, stash them lightly, iron them. I looked good in them all the time. All my shirts were white. There was only one particular light blue shirt with stripes I had. It was a gift. I mean, am I mad to be buying such things? See, boys who don't have everything, you go and buy a multicolored suit. Especially if you're a pastor. Your own is over. You should know now. Every time you show up, you say your suit has come. No, I'm not going to explain something. I just feel like you explain something to some people this morning. When I say I was okay, don't think that was so okay that uh, I didn't have any need. No, that was the life I was living. When I said that, I was managing. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. I gave the money to the cooperative. After I had been with them for a few months, suddenly, along the line, I met my wife, planning to get married, and I needed the money. And the cooperative then will give you Twice what you had with them. So I approached them. Again, I can't tell you the amount of money. It sounds so ridiculous. And they gave me twice the amount of money I had with them. Then, they shut down the institution. I didn't pay us any salary for five straight months. Oh, yes. I like somebody who said Jesus. I almost <laughs> starved. <laughs> I'm serious. My wife would call me those days and ask, have you eaten? I'm not joking. I would not have eaten. One day she said, that, okay, I should go to the park. She'll send me money in my mind. Are you out of your mind? Send me money because of what? Now, it's pride, I know. It's pride. I'm, I'm repenting publicly. But my reason was just that, no, now. <laughs> it doesn't work like this. Just leave it. You know, I'll find the way I'll manage. Really, that money they gave, okay, was the one I used to start my wedding preps. That's it. By the time we now started, uh, of course, let me not give you the too many details of my suffering life. <laughs> yeah, because I learned I was writing my project and needed to spend money. I almost didn't take my exams because I couldn't afford the transportation from Idiaraba to Lagos Island. Because I was doing a project that required 
you know, it's a, what they call a prospective study. So I needed to be, the hospital needed to be working. So they said, all right, the only way I could do it, one of my senior chiefs was, um, one of my seniors, he was, he had left us and gone back to Lagos State. So I said, okay, I went to his office to go and tell, to tell him the problem I had. And he said, no, I could come to his department, he will arrange and I will be doing the project there. So okay, fine. I never did. Why? It meant I had to transport myself from Idiaraba to Lagos Island at least two or three times a week. And I couldn't afford. It's not Uber I'm talking about, not taxi. It's downfall, downfall from Idiaraba gate to Jualegba, then one more to the other end. When I calculated, nobody was going to pay. I left it. I needed the hospital I was working in loose to start work again, to start my project. And when that started, I was now under pressure. So one day, I went to the college. I went with another of my colleagues. So I just, I forgot what I told them. The man there just said, there's no way you're going to write this exam. Why? That your project must be in by so and so and so date. I said, look, there's no way my project will be in because I've not even finished gathering my data. By the time I finished gathering the data, I told my colleague, the professor now in, in Lagos, said that, I told her, listen, I'm not writing this exam. You are going to write it alone. We're just two. He said, why? I told her the reason why. I said, so I, you know the way I can be. I had given up the matter. I'm not writing. Leave it. I'm not writing. I said, leave it. So she, she took it upon herself to go and report to her prof. I said, ah, so and so person said this and this. So that one called me. What happened? I explained to him, sir. There was a long strike. I couldn't gather my, my data. When the strike ended was when I now started. So that made me run out of time. So by the time the college drew the line, I was not ready. And I said, okay, how far with the project? I said, I'm almost done, sir. said, finish it. I want it by weekend. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Was it the next two nights? There was one night I didn't sleep at all. I sat up the whole night. By the time I finished by 6 a.m. coming back to my my apartment. I was in the department, walking the whole night. When I was coming back by 6 a.m., it was as if the ground was moving. Because my prof said, I want the book ready. Normally, if you give him his, your book, you wait for your, when he's ready. That one, I gave it to him. I think overnight or two nights later, he gave it back to me. He said, yeah, it's okay. You can go and submit it. I'll give you a note. He gave me a note. I go to the college. The head, the overall head of the college wrote him back that you know the way it works. Even though I'm the Oga Kwata Kwata Oga at the top, the power remains with the chief examiner. I got to his office. So this is what Big Boss said. Who's your, if the chief examiner, he knows. He said, okay, go and look for him. The man was in Ife. No phones, nothing. So I entered the vehicle, got to Ife. They said, oh, he went to a judge for exam. And this is not Ife in which I took my car. Zoom, I began to drive. No. First, you get to Mushi, Mushi, take one to this one, then get to Ojota, then you enter a bus, wait, get to a bad, but not drop, take another one, go into Nasai Wakada Waka, up and back. I still remember that in my mind. Ah, praise God, at least they won't say I was disobedient. He wasn't there. You know what he said? All right, no problem, it means you will go back. Huh? <laughs> so I went back again. This time around, good enough, he was back. He now gave me a note to the college. Why am I telling the whole story? Listen. Because when I said that I was okay at a particular point, I don't think that I was um, flinging, you know. It made life hard. I was going to miss my exam because I couldn't pay transport money from Idiaraba to Lagos Island. So that little money, when those guys now gave me the loan, that, of course, you know, you've committed yourself, you want to marry, your father has gone to visit people. 
You know, are you getting my point? You can't just say I'm not marrying again. <laughs> God, they are fixed it. Those guys now they gave me that small loan. That was what I now used to be meeting my obligation bit by bit. Yes, in the midst of that, I was preparing for this exam. I had to read that one day. One of my colleagues, I, I called her. I said, "Please, whether she could send me a pap?" She didn't know what was going on. So, <laughs> so, so she sent her brother. Said, "Okay, no problem." Sent her younger one living with her. Please go to some place apartment. Give this person power for me. That one knocked on the door. I couldn't get up to answer the door. I was on the floor. I virtually passed out. So he opened the door. Saw me. Went back home and went and told her sister. His sister. He's dead. <laughs> Not literally dead, though, but... That one just arrived. Panky. I said, please, don't worry, I'll be fine. No, fine. And I saw they carry me. Casualty. <laughs> Telling you. Injection, infusion, everything. Somebody, I don't know how they found. Maybe, I don't know what I told somebody. Now found where my wife was staying with her uncle. She was doing NYC at that time. You now call the house. Say, your boyfriend is about to die here. Now came next day. Of course, I was lying on the couch in casualty when she, when she showed up. It, the stress was bad. The person I asked for pap didn't know that. It was, I, I just needed, I had not eaten for a long time because of sickness. Didn't tell anybody. So by the time the brother came and saw me on the ground, I couldn't get up. I couldn't. I said, they ca- lit- you know what they call literal carry? Oh, yeah, carry him. She just went to my apartment and the neighbors. They are knocking the door. Come, oh, come, oh, back in one time. <laughs> Honestly. I don't know why am I telling this whole story. How did I get to this story? Yes, okay, I don't want to talk about worry. So, listen, I just told us to let, some, let people know that, listen, when I told you that I was okay at the time, don't think that I had so much. No, I just learned to manage my life. That's what I just did. Seriously. Then, one of those days, that's where I'm going. I noticed something. Every night before, when I get to my bed, I'm asleep within 15 minutes, like that is now. Now, if I lie down, in fact, when I, I don't want to sleep again, so if I will wake up to realize I, I was asleep. So that particular one, I noticed that I will go to the bed by, I had a funny habit, you know, like tradition, habit. I get to the bed before 12, 12 midnight, I lie down, of course, I was in the training environment. I needed to read and all of that. So, 12 o'clock, I lie down. No, before 12, I'm lying down. Before By 12, I'm asleep. This one, 1 a.m., I will still be awake. 2 a.m., I will be awake. Ah, why am I not sleeping? Let's make a long story short. I realized that I was always planning. The money that I'm expecting, the one I'm not expecting, this one, this one. I was always planning for the money. How it will go, how it will not go. I did that all every day, and I wasn't worried though. I wasn't worried though. I thought I was just what planning. So I'll use this money for this. Okay, ah, how do I do this now? I do like do 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 do. I do calculations. Then finally I will get up. 
to go and read so that at least I'll use the time for something. This happened for a number of nights. Then one particular night, I got worried that why am I finding it hard to sleep? Then I believe now, of course, looking back, Holy Spirit just said, this is what they call worry. I wasn't worried. I was planning. I thought. But God said, it is worry. Do you know the moment I said, Lord, I'm sorry, this is worry. Do you know that next night I began to sleep back normally? When I get to my bed, I'm not planning. Whatever will happen, let it happen. Let heavens fall. You know, yes, that's one. Let me tell you something. Until you are willing for heavens to fall, you can't go far with God. You know why Uzzah died? He thought he could control everything. There are times he said, leave it. He said, if we don't touch it now, the ark will fall. God said, is it your ark? If we don't touch this ark now, everything will scatter. God said, did you build it? Were you there? When I gave it to Moses, I gave you clear-cut instructions. Don't touch the ark. So if he wants to fall, just shout, priest, priest, ark, wants to fall. Why didn't you touch it? He said, we shouldn't touch it. I'm not a priest. He fell and broke. He'll make another one. The first stone, the tablets, did they not break? I went out of tablet because of that. He made another one. So when I see people, listen, it's good to be diligent, good to be responsible, whatever you do, but be careful. Lest you are now powering things by your own strength. But you know what God will just, just be looking at you like this. Say, my friend who came with is very strong. Let's watch him walk. You know what God is saying? Let's watch him fail. Go and read the book, Happiest People on Earth by Demo Shakarian. Let me tell you something about God there. The fact that you are doing something for him does not impress him. All of this is for God. God said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. You cannot use disobedience to please me. It doesn't work. Demos Shakarian had a vision clear from God. Listen, another point. If God gives you a vision, better get a vision of the method. A man told me once, very well, let me not tell much about his life. I'll make a long story short. He died young. The preacher. He died young. He said to me, God has called us, does not mean we use our sense. He was showing me how I can make money that is not for myself, for the ministry. How to make money for the ministry. A friend of mine told me something once. He meant well. Listen to me, he meant well. He said, this broadcast that I'm doing is very popular. This is how I can get money for it. I can discuss with the radio stations and will now sell the first five minutes. And they will now share the advert money for that period because I'm popularizing that time belt. Is it a bad thing? If you are doing super blue homo, it's fine. I'm preaching the word of God. I can't. I said to him, no, I can't do that. In itself, it's not a bad thing. There was a radio station before the change management. They approached me and said, look, the way you talk, please, let's have a deal. Five minutes every morning, we give you time. You speak words like this every morning. We'll get adverts for it. We'll work out the details on how we share the adverts revenue. <laughs> I looked at them like I didn't know the day. They say, oh. well, I was planning to tell them, say, listen. Sell your advice, I have no objection. I would take it as a door that God has opened, but I won't take a dime from you. I want to live long. It's toxic money. People don't realize it. If that's what you take your radio station to give me that time belt free of charge, because you'll be able to monetize around it, I don't have a problem. But that will not sit down and share the money. God forbid. I can't take the money. Listen, you can argue with me all you want, but banky. 
God will be angry with me. There are monies I don't take. One man said something. I read him on, I saw him on YouTube. He has a channel like we do on YouTube. Many people have, of course, there are millions of channels on YouTube. Okay? Now, you make money on YouTube. Uh, what's the name of this uh, girl? No, no, the small girl. Emanuela, thank you. Emanuela makes money. She's in Nigerian t- Naira terms. She's a millionaire. Bought a house for her mother. Built a house. From the money that Mark Angel is giving her. How they make most of their money is adverts on their channel on YouTube. Nothing wrong with it. Please, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying it is wrong. Alright? That's how they make money. So if you have a popular advert, a, a channel on YouTube, that's how people say, like this. They always beg you, if you like this, say, follow us, like this, like this. They need that. If you can, I mean, people earn as much as $10 million in a year from YouTube. One man, all he used to do is do makeup. And if you see how much is he Instagram or YouTube pays him on a yearly basis. He's a makeup artist. He will do the makeup on his own face. But of course, you know the way vanity things are. Everybody all over the world is following the man. So, you know the gist. So that man watched him on TV, on YouTube. He said no. That is the reason why he can't place adverts on his own channel. Exactly the same thing. In fact, when I said this man is of the same kindred spirit. You see, when people come to me, they come to Kingdom World Ministries, like you have come now. There's one thing you have done you may not realize. You've thrown your heart open. Yeah, you've thrown your heart open. The discipline is not shifted to me on what I put inside it. You did not expect me to sell you a product. I hope you're getting my point. If I sell you products, I'm abusing the privilege. It's an abuse. I'm only allowed to give you things that I'm one, that is, without a shadow of doubt in my mind, is for your good. And the only way it can be like that is that I must have nothing to gain. Because you understand that money is very powerful. Money, the only thing, person more powerful than money on this earth is God. So by the time money starts controlling you, you won't know. He's that powerful. Money is that powerful. When he will have started controlling, you will have no idea. So for people like us, nothing wrong with those who sell things. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those who sell things online. For people like us, God said, no, no, thank you, you can't. And there's something he keeps saying to me. I hear it in my spirit, all right, once in a while. If you want money, ask. I will give you. No, I'm, I don't have a doubt in my heart what I've said to you. That I keep on hearing this person, look, listen, that's not, listen. That's what, when you see us give out all our materials online free, I've, I've finished two books now, they will be out. As soon as we finish printing, they are out online also, side by side for download. Okay? Free download. I've not checked in a long time, as, as sometime last year. People were downloading 3,000 of our books on a monthly basis average. 3,000 downloads. Books. The idea is, okay, do this one, put this one on it, just small money. You know, the Lord just keeps saying to me, and I do, he doesn't have to say it again. Once he has spoken, twice have I heard it. Say, if you want money, ask. If you want money, just ask. There's no need to be doing, you know, like this concerning it. If you want money, ask. I will move money to you. Okay? The Lord is good. So, sometimes, 
People will be advising us that, listen, plan. And it's nothing but worry. People giving you advice, plan. And the, what they are doing is just teaching you to worry. So they gave me all those kinds of counsel, like I was telling you, how to get money for ministry. I said it's not the proper order of God. I remember that man explaining things to me, explaining, explaining. I said, I said, Leoga. But he was senior to me. I didn't know how to tell him. He said, sir, this is not how ministry is supposed to be done. So I won't do it like that. He said, no, God doesn't say we shouldn't have sense. So, and in my mind, this is not the kind of sense he said we should have. For ministry, you know, God has given everybody understanding, revelation. I'll tell you the one I have, okay? It may not apply to everybody. <laughs> if you're an evangelist, it may not apply to you. If you're supposed to go from village to village, it may not apply. But I, this guy you're looking at here, this is my own understanding. You don't need money for anything. Why? All I've given you the assignment to do is teach. So write books. Get, you know, I have all the equipment I need for ministry in one bag. It's a laptop and a portable digital recorder. The digital recorder is a hundred dollars. Okay. Let's say with the microphone, with the microphone we use, it's a hundred and twenty dollars. So even in today's naira, that's just a little more than fifty thousand naira. Not up to sixty. That's all I need. The one we're working on right now, it doesn't use battery, it's rechargeable. Once you plug into the laptop, it takes about from zero to full, it's not more than an hour. And it can last for at least ten hours of recording like that. And Pressing recording. That's what it gives you. That's all I need. The other thing in the bag is a laptop. <laughs> One day my wife told my son, I can do to help her type something. So the guy was typing, typing slowly. So he, no, he came and, she came and said, have you finished what I said you should type for me? The boy said, no. He said, what do you mean? I've given digits what last, you've not finished it now. He said, the thing is plenty now. Then he said that, look, if it's your father now, he will have finished typing it. The boy said, what? Like you're comparing me to that day. He said, Daddy types were leaving. <laughs> that was the answer he gave her. He said, What? He types for a living. That is his job. Why do you compare a poor student like me with a man who has been commissioned by God to type? Jokes apart, all our books you've seen. Every single one, I type directly myself. Yes. Every article, every book, whether it's how to work for God, choices key to destiny. Choices key to destiny, no, I may not have, no, I can't remember. That's one because I wrote that one by hand first before it was typed. That is the only one I suspect. Maybe I didn't type directly. But every other one, there are about 20 of them. Every other one, I put in every stroke. Every dot, every comma. I don't have any book that's taken from transcripts. Not one. I learned on the job typing. Once I got my first laptop, that's how I crank out messages. So I don't need money. That's what I'm trying to make. Once I have those two things, I don't need any other thing. The internet, these days of social media, I will just write, push it out. The Holy Spirit will ride and distribute. That's it. So I've learned to make sure I don't need money. Let me tell you another thing. God helped me with that one in life early. To arrange my life in such a manner that I don't need money. Young boys, young men, listen to me. 
you have to develop young ladies. So why am I saying men? As if they are the only ones that need it. The women need more money than these guys. The women are the ones that foolishly need more money. Now when I say foolishly, their need for money is mostly foolish. It's hair. It's expensive makeup. There are times you join deeper life for safety reasons. They don't, they, they don't know now. They think, you just go and say, just say, I say, no, no, in our church, just use, use deeper life to cover all these things. When you go deeper life, Mary Kay will not get pianka from your hand. Other people selling all kinds of hair, they won't see anything from you, nothing. Once you buy pomade, you are fine. Stella, how many of you remember Stella pomade? All these people, they don't know Stella pomade. Chooks, at least you have joined, we are like three here now that know all these things. Once you have Stella pomade, are you pretending? You, you know Stella pomade? Okay. Apostle, you know Stella too? Ah, you know Stella? <laughs> Once you, you know that yellow, once you, you are fine. Certain churches were developed to help us manage. Like, you, I mean, you don't have money, you are going to Christ Embassy. Are you alright? <laughs> yeah, churches, you don't go if you can't afford something. Don't put yourself under unnecessary pressure. Not the same gospel. The same God. I hope you know God doesn't care whether you wear head, you don't wear head. Once your heart do is correct, are you getting my point? Think on saying God. No, seriously. You will have to learn to strategize your life so you don't need. I just pray every day, God, give me motoka, give me motoka. God said, I know I have not given you. They are discussing the regulation, it doesn't concern you. Have you noticed? It's true. The other day, boss, this mass. He jammed this man motor from behind. When the guy checked the cost of the light, all the anointing in his body went to one side. You will give me my money. He said, you're a man of God. Now you, you're a man of Satan. Come on, give me my money. <laughs> one of my friends in Lagos. Keke man jam her moto. She just buy. Break the light. He said, Mommy, eh, Johnny, mo joya any. What is that? <laughs> Do I look like your mother? <laughs> now you tell the guy, I'm very shut up. Since the guy can go and bring me money, you break my life, you're telling me, Mommy, we can rubbish, Mommy. Do I look like your mother? <laughs> That's what she told the guy. Hey, my friend, keep quiet. Don't tell me that kind of nonsense. <laughs> no, there are some headaches. You know? You don't, God has spared you. You are begging for it. Then, Lord, give me, give me headache. You know, <laughs> when we go there, they say, hey, they are looking forward to when they will buy a private jet. I have, you know, there are things I don't pray about. I don't even admire. I see your private jet. Oh, it's fine. You are going to a private place and you got private money. I ain't going to that same place. God has given some of us, from experience with age, we know what things cost. You know, Bishop Bede Poissy says, anytime he travels abroad with his plane and comes back, that's a duplex. Yeah, a running cost. That's a duplex. When you have takeoff charge, landing charge, aviation fuel. He said, when the plane lands, that's the same money somebody used to finish a duplex. 
just burnt it on a 20-hour round trip. 10 hours go, 10 hours come back. And you are there praying for, when you don't own the duplex, you are praying for a private jet. What's wrong with you? Just say, Lord, help me get from one place to the other in peace. So I will say, right now, I'm going to give you 20 drivers for only you. Say, thank you, Lord. Take their numbers down. Keke 1, Keke 2, Keke 3, Keke 4, Keke 5, Uber 1, Bolt 2. You understand? That's it. Say, don't worry, I shall provide for you. I hope you know, with all of that, you are spending more, less money than the person who's buying fuel. You are. And of course, when there's hold up, you jump down. <laughs> Take the next one. It's true. It is true. Please, I'm telling young men and young men, learn to strategize your life for, you know, for peace of mind. So you don't have to need the money. You know, some human beings are very foolish. The first salary they give you, you go and rent a house. Eh? That, let me not start. Some human beings, they don't have sense. They are so concerned about their image. Not about reality. This is where rich people live. You go and rent a house there. This is where rich people live. You'll be going to a hairdressing salon where uh, uh, deputy governor's wife is using, where um, uh, those is in Lagos, where Otedola's children come to do hair. You say you want to meet them. You are a fool. I'm so sorry I called you a fool. Lord, please don't be angry with me. I need to tell somebody to wake up. Look, my wife and I were discussing today. Only God can raise you up. All these machinations will not be anything. You'll be flying plane when you can't afford the ticket because that's where you meet big people. I hear all those kind of counsel from people who say that, no, you have to roll where people are rolling. We're talking of rubbish. If anybody teaches that to you, they are teaching you how to skim your own life which God doesn't like. And number two, they are teaching you how to be full of cares and worries. And listen to me, you will be disappointed. A man can receive nothing except it is given to him from above. A man can receive nothing. Seest thou a man who is skillful in his business. He will stand before kings, not before obscure men. Not seest thou a man who knows how to fly on the same plane as where the big men are flying. Let me tell you something about big men. They can see through you. That's why they are big. Oh, when you are talking, trying to pretend, they can see it. They can see it. I, it I, I, no, in my little life, I've seen them. Someone just opened, one guy one day, I didn't even know I was using him to preach. That day when I was preaching, I saw the way he was disappearing into his chair. That's when it dawned on me that I was using his life to preach. When you are talking with him, he said, ah, you know, last week I was with the group, uh, the GMD of NMPC, and he was explaining to me that, and you're looking at him like this. You are in the office of the GMD of NMPC. Your life is like this. Next time he will tell, talking to you, you know, um, the last time the governor was here, you're looking at him. <laughs> governor was here. The governor was here. In my mind, why are you trying to impress me? If you ask me, I say, oh, but I don't know the governor. The counselor is my friend. Counselor, local government counselor. The Bible said, 
associate with the lowly. Which Bible do you read? Let me tell you something how God does to his children. The story is all over the Bible. When it is necessary, he will send for Joseph. The Bible says the king sent for him and loosed him. No matter where you are, when you are needed, the king will send for you. God knows how he connects people. It, listen, he knows how he connects people. Joseph did not try to be connected. Yeah, preacher, your friends are going abroad. You are giving them your tape so that they can carry it abroad. So that those who are abroad will listen to it and invite you. You don't know, once they are talking, they say, who is this idiot here? That's what they are hearing. You are the one that your messages impress. It's true. You are the one that thinks you can preach. Other people are looking, they are looking at you like, say, is this guy all right? <laughs> and you know the most annoying people. Oh, let me talk to the preachers. My foolish brethren. You know what T.D. Jakes? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what the Lord is beginning to say to me right now. <laughs> and everybody looking at you say, are you okay? They know T.D. Jakes. They know who you are copying. You know, you'll be saying, you know, something T.D. Jakes said out of passion. You are saying it out of practice. He said this is You think he's famous and well known because of his mannerism? No. The first time I heard T.D. Jakes, he was twice as fat as this. Yes. I did not like shouting preachers. The only shouting preacher I could stand before that time was R.W. Shambach. Then I went to my friend's house and he said, Banky, you need to hear this. And he put in the video, video cassette. Those are VCDs. Put in the video cassette, uh, uh, videotapes. And when I saw the man, I was looking at, why is John giving me this kind of person to listen to? By the time the man was done, I was, I was in pieces. He preached the sacrifice of praise. I went mad where I was. I can't remember his mannerism. The only thing I remember was how fat he was. And you want to be fat too? <laughs> of course, I'm not trying to gain weight. You know, people trying to copy it. T.D. Jakes is not like that because of the way he speaks. It's his spirit. And don't forget, T.D. Jakes became well known because God set him up. It wasn't because he practiced. He told his story. What happened to him was simple. He was pastoring a church. The women were having a lot of problems. And he discovered in counseling one woman and another that it was the same set of problems they were all having. So he said, why spend this amount of time? It was a time management issue. Why don't you gather all the women together and teach them? So he gathered all the women and began to teach. And then his friend he didn't mention the name of the friend in that message. He told his friend that, ah, listen, there's this series I'm doing here. Everybody's going crazy over it. That one said, please send me the tapes. He sent that one the tapes. That one listened to it. Organized the same program in his own church. He said, please, come and do it here. He got there and did another set of four messages. And they now had eight tapes on this woman that had lose issue. Now, let me not mix too many stories up, but how did it become very well known? Now, that was the first time woman that had lose began. He now decided to organize a conference called Woman Down and Lose. Then he went to preach in Carlton Pierce's program. Azusa, Azusa, he used to do this Azusa thing regularly. So, Carlton Pearson had a 30-minute television program, and he had four preachers. So he said, I need to put them on, on the program. So he introduced the program. All right, our preachers, the, the, the preachers that ministered in the program, I need to put them on TV. So he caught each person for seven minutes. So put into a 30-minute program to make 28 minutes. That's all you get for a 20-30-minute program. So TJS was on air for seven minutes. 
Now listen to this. TBN founder Paul Crouch was writing a book and he was having issues in his life. There was a portion of the book he wanted to write. He wasn't sure of what to put in, whether he should put it or not. So he came home that day and turned on the TV. He happened to have come home when Cartoon Pierce's program was on air. He happened to have turned on the TV when the seven minutes of T.D. Jakes was on air. And he heard T.D. Jakes say, when Jesus showed up after resurrection, he showed his wounds. He said, show them your wounds. And that was the answer he needed at that point in time. So he called somebody and said, who is this fat man? T.D. Jakes so ministered to him in seven minutes. And you know what they call principality? The man was the principality when it comes to, you know, the prince of the power of the air in the good way. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that T. Paul Crouch, if you put you on TBN, the whole world will know who you are. The whole Christian world watched TBN. TBN was in so many countries. Round the clock, every part of the globe, you saw TBN. So he brought T.D. Jakes onto TBN. That was how the whole world caught fire and knew of T.D. Jakes. There was no scheming. What's the name of the man who designed Apple? Steve Jobs. Or the man who founded, well, who founded Apple and then blew up Apple. All right, that is like, make it blow. Steve Jobs said something. He said, no one can connect the dots going forward. That you cannot, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. He said that when you start out in life, you just have to believe in something. He said, call it any name, but you have to believe in something. That is what you believe that really carries you forward. That is not your, your effort. That no one can predict what his life will become like. The truth is that it's only when you look backwards you can connect how we got here. So if you are there trying to scheme your life into how you become great, you are wasting time. It pains me. You see, young ministers, preachers, people think they are learning how to blow. There is no how to blow in this life. There is no how to become famous. There is no how to make it. There is only how to be diligent and faithful. There is only how to correct yourself as you are going on in life. Let me tell you something. You cannot in this life, I'm talking to preachers now, aim to be like David Oyedepo. Forget it. There is no how to want to be like Iyadeboe. There is nothing like that. You can't even want to be like T.D. Jakes. You know why? God has already ordained what you are supposed to be. And it's not going to change it because you are confused as to your identity. I hope you are getting my point. Please, let everybody mind himself. Can I put it like that? Yes. Because people just get, just get confused in this life. You not think you can scheme. You can't scheme. I was saying something at the, at the beginning. Why I went do that? Young men, young women, please scheme your life so that you'll be a low maintainer in human being. You, you know what I mean? Low maintainers. Yes. Some people are such high maintainers, even God is finding it hard to maintain them. And please let me just say something. This lie they tell us, say, um, um, is it, um, no, like, is it dress for where you are going to? Listen. Dress the way you want to be addressed is what I even tell my son at home. When you are going out in the morning, tuck in your trousers, your shirt into your trousers. Don't sag. Are you getting my point? Don't sag. Cut your hair to look like a human being. Do you follow my point? No, don't go. If police arrest you, call your IPOB. They will first check what you look like. How do you get my point? Look, you can see this kind of guy, call him IPOB. 
You know, one day my brother-in-law and I, we came out of the shop, you know, in, 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 in Houston. And the alarm went off. I said we didn't pay for something. Ah, so, you know, I just turned around like, what? I still remember very well. The security man in charge was a white man. When they talk about profiling, profiling. The man walked up. He didn't check my bag. He apologized. He said he's so sorry for the embarrassment. White man. Middle-aged man. He said he's so sorry for the embarrassment. He's so sorry that it must be that the clerk forgot to deactivate my sensor. He talked and talked and talked. He didn't check. Let me check your bag. Normal thing is that alarm went on. You wanted to pass through. It means you didn't pay for something. Let's check. What did you not pay for? The man didn't open my bag. So I was looking at him. He apologized. said, please, I should please be going. So my brother and I kept on walking. I said, ah, take a hover. The man not even check. <laughs> he laughed. He said, bros, you not be like thief. <laughs> no, you know, so my in-laws now, you know, now cousins, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so now pigeon. <laughs> I remember those words. He said, bros, you not be like thief. That the man has looked at you. Just can't up and say, this guy wouldn't steal our stuff. And even if he did, we can't afford to embarrass him. Just in case he did not. They check the probability, say, no, no, let him go. He doesn't look like a thief. I'll just dress simply. So I tell, when you are going on the road, eh? just look. That's what they mean by dress the way you want to be addressed. It doesn't mean go and buy a Rolex, which will they sell your father's stuff you can't pay for. That's why you now be showing off your watch. You are not looking at it. Leave it. No, really. Some of these vanities eh, is emptiness inside. My wife and I, I said, whatever you wear, once it's shiny, it's gold. Why? You are the one wearing it. It is not whether it's gold or not. It's who is wearing it. Whatever. If you smell my perfume, you just assume it's expensive. Why? It's the anointing. It's not, it's not the perfume. That's why there are things... We are streaming, so I can't be... Let me not run anybody's business. There are things I will never spend money on. Even if my name is Aliko Dangote cash-wise, I won't spend money on them. Because inherently, they are full of vanity. I've seen it. That listen, let me tell you the truth. Eh? Go and buy opium. And now opium is, I don't mean the drug, I mean the perfume. Alright? Very expensive. Very, very. Okay? Wear it and write keke. Nobody will ever believe it's opium. Nobody. Nobody. That is no ma- You are the one that will now be saying, Did you smell my perfume? <laughs> Nobody. But let me pass, pack an S550 there and go to a bookie, buy Turari. You know they call Turari. <laughs> and drop incense on my body. Once I step out, you'll be like, ha, did you smell this perfume? My God, that must be concentrated opium and cocaine. You, know, you, you will find all kinds of names for my perfume. Why? You just saw me, I looked rich to you. You put value on everything. Even if I stand by the roadside, buy, um, uh, buy a biscuit, chop it with two sides of the mouth. You say, these rich people, I like the way they eat. <laughs> I, I'm telling you the truth. That's like the, someone I see what people are pursuing in life, I say, you know, you are empty. You don't have, you, your value for yourself is small. That is why you are looking for something outside to make you look big. According to Ed Cole, those days, he said the cheaper the merchandise, the higher the gloss. 
They have to paint it and shine it. So I tell young men, please. I, oh, I, oh God, I, I'll get to my message. This one will just exist. If I can't get to my message today, we'll just the, we'll the message next time. Let me help people, young people especially. One of the things that there is not, listen. I like one thing my brother Gabriel said in, in, Abuja, in Sokoto. He said, poverty is a phase of life. You won't die there. Don't worry. Did you get that? Yes. When Mommy was preaching, eh? She told stories, I've known Mommy for 30 something years. She told stories about herself I never knew. She described how poor they were at a particular point in time in life. When she described, I said, what? I was looking at her like this. Yet, he said, though you're beginning to be small, it's a prophetic word for the children of God. Yet your latter end shall greatly increase. Amen. You know, Pastor when he was joking and introducing her, he said she has been all over the world. When I got up to speak, I said, that's not a joke. Don't think he's joking. Pastor Kwele jokes. I said, that's not a joke. There was a time I have to ask Mommy when we were chatting, where are you answering me from? And I need to know. And literally she said, please, I'm in Taipei. Oh, I'm in Guangzhou. Okay, I'm in Sweden. That is all over Europe, Asia, US. Look, where has she not gone to? One day we were together. I wanted to change my phone. I said, Mommy, I should like change my phone. I said, I said this note three. I really like it too, but... The one I have is still good. I'm just thinking, I just saw this. One brother came, because I had a note through. When they went through, I said, hey. I was just listening after. He's my very good friend. He said, I'm my pastor. Why? What is the name? Please, I will buy it. She bought me the phone. I was just asking counsel that, do you think it's wisdom for me to go and buy that phone when the one I have is not bad? He said, if my pastor wants a phone, he gets a phone. That's because I used the note. I didn't plan for it. That. She just said, no, that is... I said, no, he said, is that what you want? Yet, when she would describe poverty for you as a child, as a teenage girl, you'd be afraid. So I tell people, look, listen, don't worry your head. I hope you get my point. Don't. God will bless you in this life. Aye, and there's no need pretending. This pretense is not necessary. You have, a, I mean, you have a senior bro that has plenty of issues you don't have. And you want to be telling him, say, ah, the kind, ah, no, you know, you'll be talking, the kind of shoe I really wear. Say you to tell him, bros, bros, which size do they use? Say size nine. I beg. Anytime you want to float, your guy did. Simple. And there's no need, pre- this pretense is what is killing people. Shine the shoe. When they give it to you, you say, ah, bro, did you know? He say, hey, Ben, do you know? I have new shoes, though. Now my senior bro came to give me now, the show where they wear last time, now, be, now my own will be that now. That's no big deal. You know, one, one, that's one thing God helped me with. Eh? <laughs> like, I, listen, if I needed to impress you as a girl, as a single man, you were not my friend. Did you hear what I said? Yes, Let me tell all these young, young single boys, hanging out with girls they have to try and impress. Apostle, after deliverance service, after now, you won't talk to that girl again for the next one year in Jesus' name. What nonsense. Any woman you have to impress is not your friend. What rubbish is this? My wife will tell you that when we first met her, she thought I talked too much. I said, no. I wanted to get the point straight. I used time to tell her how much I was earning. It's not hard. All you need to do is discuss. Ah, that guy's wearing that watch. What? Three times my salary. She will do calculation. <laughs> 
I think about you tell the man's watch is 18,000. He said, ah, that's exactly three times my salary. What I'm telling you, use your tongue, count your teeth. This is this guy's salary. I still remember, I told you that once I came to Benin, they were doing send forth. They were just leaving school that time. We still have the picture somewhere in the house. And I saw the cloth she wore for sent forth. I wasn't looking at the sent forth, I was looking at the cloth. <laughs> no, let me explain to you. In today's value, these are the materials they sell for like 10, 15,000 a yard. Okay. Continue, thank you. <laughs> I just look the hell I did. <laughs> after that, after the meeting, I called her. I said, "What?" I said, "This is the kind of thing your father buys for you to wear." She laughed. Me, I didn't find it funny. You can't be wearing one material is one one salary for me, and you are waiting for an event. What's wrong with you for your family? For one event. I didn't find you funny. You see, eh? Yeah, at that time, I understood the value of clothes because I lived with my auntie that wore clothes like that. I told her those days, my auntie would buy a bag and shoes. It's $400. No, not kidding. Just want to buy one small bag with matching shoes. Say it's $400. I'll be looking like, what? So I lived, I know, I've seen those things. So when I, they say, I come for her, now I arrive. When I see the cloth, ye, mugbe. Holy Spirit, are you sure you brought me here or something else? Are you the one to come or we are to expect another? She didn't tell me, I, from a distance, because of my auntie, I knew the value of this material. And then I just called her and said, okay, come. And this kind of thing that they wear for in the house. And she laughed. He said, I wear prints too. I said, you are better wear prints too. Because this guy... Buy some little praise too. <laughs> some people want to make it look cheap. Say, oh, that's very nice. I used to have a set like this. Only. <laughs> when you see a set like this, you tiff up. <laughs> Vanity. You want to be bragging where, where you know they. Pretend like say you did. Bros, you know they. Stop lying. God help me with that. No, as a young man, I learned that. I don't know how God did it, but he did it for me very early in life. Pretending? I, I, in fact, the way to kill, you open your mouth, talk. When people say, ah, this kind of material, you say, eh, you have be wearing this like that. Now, wow. How do you guys manage? Say it like that. So, no, I, I can't afford it. Why? Oh boy, I have better things to do with money. You are rich, I am not. There's no fight. Ah, what's the big deal? A man can receive nothing except it is given to him from above. He hasn't given me yet. He has given you. Let's just leave it like that. There are things I have you don't have. Like as a young man those days, what I used to use to shine for all these babes, should I tell you? Scripture. Ah, bros. I know the Bible now. I think I married this one. I quote scripture. She, she, she got confused. In scripture I quoted. So when people can be showing off money, I didn't have money to show. It's scripture. If I remember one lady, I visited one day. We're in the same church. So we're talking. So of course you know me now. So one day we're talking. I visited her. I said, hey, Dr. Banky, what do you think of this? Ah, I was so happy. 
Because once you go near that side, now there I get money. <laughs> now there I get money. Ah, bros. That one I've been getting. Oh, Father Hell, I had it. I was so happy. When he said, what does the Bible say? Ah! I said, Father, thank you. I was so grateful. I said, well, let's begin. You know, the best way to look at this, you take it from Genesis. You know, when the Bible was saying, I, I went, if it, I went from Genesis like this. I waka, 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 waka. Reach Deuteronomy. Give the words of Moses. Then dropped a few prophets, not forgetting to mention the Psalms. And I got down to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I began to expand what he said, the way it was in the beginning. How the law was a downgrading of the divine will. Then I went and explained what Paul began to say. And Peter confirmed. And John saw in Revelation. (laughs) (laughs) What did Peter say? Such as I have. Give I thee. You want to know what God did to me that day? Let me tell you. The guy looked me, looked me. He said, that one is your own. As far as I am concerned, she quotes me another nonsense. You know, all the attraction I had for her felt, I heard it, wham, on the floor. It shattered to pieces. Carry my Bible. Arise and depart. This is not the place of your rest. It is polluted. See, scripture like that, there they go. No, really, God help me with that in Elio. My wife can testify. I impress somebody, lie, lie. I learned not to try and impress anybody. Once I realize I have to try to be impressing you, you stop being my friend. You put me under unnecessary pressure, we will not be friends. We will not be friends. You say, why are you not using this kind of phone? Okay? I can't afford it. Didn't you hear what Pastor Banky said? If the screen breaks now, I will start crying. Simple. So I bought the one that if the screen breaks, it's one five in Ogbeti to replace it. It's our level for now. Bishop Oedipo said, life is in phases, and men are in sizes. And he said, leave your size part time. That's the point. Leave your size part time. Please. Huh? Who am I? Look, whoever you are, or whoever you, all of you are, you have taken away me from my message today. Eh? So you are going to pay for time to preach what I wanted to preach. Ah, because time has really gone. And I've not even, you know, we're supposed to just review what we said last time. Now we're going to this direct dimension. I don't even know how we got here. I have no idea. But I'm convinced without a shadow of doubt in my mind that God is setting many people free. Yeah, I don't have a shadow of doubt. But let me end my message with this. Listen to me. God, you know what God is saying? He wants to do good for you at the end. That's what I want you to understand. He wants to do what? Do good for you at the end. And this is the word I have for you today. He will do good for you at the end. He will do you good at the end. Your beginning may be small. Right now may be small for you. But hear the word of the Lord. Your latter end will greatly increase. In the name of Jesus Christ. God will ask, why do I feel like saying this to somebody? The Lord will bless you. He has just one word for you. He said, relax. 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 Have your confidence in the Lord. Let your self-esteem. Your, I will never, listen to the word of God. I will never give you anything that will give you self-esteem outside me. Never. Never. If you, if you like die trying, I will let you die. You won't get it. 
your self-esteem. Didn't you read the scripture at the beginning? It said, I have sworn by myself. The word has gone forth from my mouth and will not turn back. What? That to me every knee will bow. Every knee will swear allegiance. They will say of me, only in the Lord are what? Righteousness and strength. Let me add it to it. Every child of God will know your value in life is in Christ. It's not in fame. It's not in popularity. It's not in money. It's not. Your value in life is in Christ. You are living to please him, not to please anybody else. You are living not even to please your father. You are living to please God. Your value in life is only in Christ. Your value in life is only in Christ. I think I've spoken enough for today. I shouldn't spoil it by speaking further. Let's bow down our heads and just give the Lord thanks. When we come back next time, we'll get back into the thing. Uh, you know, today, just like a break, we'll get back to talking about the breath of faith. As I was speaking, I know I was speaking to people. I didn't have it in mind. You may not even be here physically. Maybe you are joining us remotely. But the Lord has spoken to you today. And when he speaks, respond. When he speaks, respond. How do you respond? With repentance. That's the most important thing. With dedication, with commitment. That is how you respond. When the Lord speaks, that is how you respond. Respond with repentance. Respond with a new level of commitment. Respond with repentance. Respond with a new level of commitment. That's what you do. Continue to pray. There are areas like Pastor said that we need to repent of. Let's just address those areas in prayers, in prayer briefly. Say, Lord, I have received instruction. I, I didn't know before, but now I know. I repent. I ask for your mercy. Somebody needs to give the Lord thanks for instruction. Yeah, the pressure is gone. Say, Father, thank you for instruction. For instructing me. Yes, you've been instructed. Yeah, give the Lord thanks. Give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. You have Christ in you. You have everything. And I want us to begin to see it like that. Thank him. Say, Father, I thank you for my little beginning. I thank you because as I walk with you, promotion increase comes from you. Yes. Thank the Lord for your little beginning. Thank the Lord for the process he's taking you through. Yes, say, Father, thank you for the process. Thank you for the process. Thank you for the process. Thank you for this season of my life. Oh, give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, I thank you for this season of my life. It's a beautiful season. It's a season that you will remember. It's a season that you used to teach and encourage others. So give the Lord thanks for the season. Irrespective of the season that you are in, give the, just give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, I thank you for my present situation. I thank you. I thank you. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you. Thank you. We thank you. Our hearts are at rest. Yes, we are at rest. We are at rest. We give you praise. Blessed be God forever. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. Blessed be God forever.
In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise.